Thank you for joining us for Dwelling Place Lithia Podcast. We hope this message will help you find your identity in Christ and create growth in your life. We hope you enjoy this message. So I actually wanted to talk a little bit this morning about truth. And so Jeremy was hitting on it a little bit. We see the world rejecting truth. We see the world is actually taking what we know to be true, whether it's socially, whether it's biology, whether it's sexuality, whatever it is, we see the world trying to reject that. We see the world trying to take it and turn it on its head. And we know as a body, as a church, that we're supposed to be the representation of that truth to the world. We're supposed to be the, the example, that city on a hill, that when everything goes wrong, a stronghold, when everything goes wrong, someone is able to come and find truth here. They're able to find sanctuary here because there is something that they cannot find anywhere else in the world, in this place and in this body and dwelling within each and every one of us. And so what we see in the world is right now we see people starting to build their lives on sand. They're trying to build their lives around things that make no difference or around lies and deceit. They're trying to make their lives around you know, what identity they have, who they are, what are their ideas are about their opinions and their thoughts. So the things that are real, the things that are true are being rejected and the things that we perceive in our emotions and our feelings, those are, being repla- those are replacing what is actually real. And those are things that over time and through circumstances and through trials, those things are going to be what's taken away. And Sean was talking about this a couple weeks ago, the things that we build our lives in, those building blocks, how do we test those? Because what's tested and what makes it through the testing, what makes it through that refiner's fire is pure gold. What makes it through that refiner's fire is what is real and all the other stuff can be thrown away. But if you're building your life around sand, if you're building it on things that are going to be taken away and going to fall apart as soon as they're tested, your life is going to fall apart. And that's what we're seeing among a lot of people is their lives are falling apart. And us as a church, it's our responsibility to show them what truth looks like. It's us to us as the church and as members of a body, we're to show them what God looks like. And so it's only through that and only in our acceptance of the responsibility and the role that God has for us, which is to be the truth to the world around us, it's only in that way we're going to see these things corrected. One of the things that I hear, and I'll see it you know, from time to time, you know, especially social media and on you know, YouTube and some of these other places, you'll see people talking about my truth. You know that if you have to put the word my in front of truth, it is no longer truth. If you have to, anything that you have to put in front of there, it is no longer truth. It is what I believe, but it's not truth. It's what I think. It's what I feel. It's what I perceive, but it is not truth. And so if we are going to correct that in the world, we have to be able to stand up and say, I know what truth is. And I can show you what it is. I can show you how I've lived it out. I can show you how it works in the world around us. But if we're not willing to do that, if we're not willing to stand up for the truth, that we, what we know is truth, the world is going to continue to suffer. And so 
When we see the world rejecting the truth, we see the world rejecting God. And that's what it comes back to. It's a spiritual warfare. It's not something that we do because, you know, it's not a social thing. It's not a political thing. It's about the spiritual warfare because the enemy is going after the hearts of the people of this world. And we, as God's children, we should be doing the exact same thing. We should be trying to correct and bring people back into right relationship with God because that has always been God's intent for us. Especially when we start seeing these kids today. Because how many of you know that you see it time and time again among the young people is that they are being deluded and they're being told lies. And they're being told you have to accept these lies or else you're a bigot. You have to accept these lies or else you don't care about people. If you don't do something that we want you to do, we're gonna, somebody's going to do something terrible. And we can't live a life where we're always trying to make someone else happy. Because the truth is what will set you free. The truth is what will make you happy. And it's only whenever you start living the truth, not my truth, but when you start living the truth, will you be free and you'll be able to live your life the way God intended. One of the things that you see, especially on, the so, on social media, is you'll see them talk about you need to live an authentic life. You need to be true to yourself. How many of you know the Word of God doesn't say you need to be true to yourself? You need to be true to the calling that God has for your life. You need to be true to what God is calling for each and every one of us, to the body. And it's only in that truth that we're actually going to set that world free. And so I want to start in Ephesians 4, verse 17. It says, So I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are to no longer walk just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they, having become callous, having given themselves up to indecent behavior for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, And that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, ridding yourselves of falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, because we are parts of one another. And what we see, we're not supposed to walk like the world walked. We're not supposed to walk and act like the world acts. The world acts in the futility of their minds and an understanding that's been darkened. The world walks in ways that reject even nature itself. Because they've, been given, they've given themselves over to their own lusts, their own desires, their own flesh. And instead of being renewed, and instead of taking away the old man and letting that die, instead of taking those things captive, they give themselves over to it. They practice every kind of impurity with greediness. How many of you know we see that on a daily basis? That everything that you can, that you can do that is some sort of ab- aberration or some sort of just terrible sin there's some group that's going to tell you this is who you were made to be. This is how you're supposed to act. They're going to sit there and say, we need to affirm you because this is what you feel like doing today. 
How many of you know that there are people who are out there saying, we can say that there are people who are just minor attracted persons, and that's okay. There's actually groups that are out there saying, that's a fine thing to be. And instead of saying, that's pedophilia, that's wrong, that is an abomination to God and to man, and there's no way anyone could ever say that that's right, they're now saying, oh no, well, that's just an, now it's another, another identity group. We don't need to be an identity group. We need to find the truth of God and have that manifested in the world and so that, that someone can stand up and say, no, it's wrong. There's never a time when it's right. They become callous. I was watching something the other day and it was a report about a lady who had gone and she had killed two people in a car accident. And she's talking to the police officer in the hospital, and she's still drunk. And she stands up and says, well, can I go to school on Tuesday? He goes, no, you don't realize you have just killed two people. What about my car? Is my car okay? No, your car is not okay. You're not getting this. You just killed two people. What about Thursday? Can I go to school on Thursday? And the cop, at this point, like, you're ridiculous. Do you not understand what you have just done? She's like, well, I've got my, my birthday coming up in a couple weeks. I'm going to go to Vegas. I'm going to get real drunk there. And this is her response to having just killed two people. And she was just sentenced to 14 years in prison. The world is becoming callous because it is becoming self-centered. The world is beginning to has rejected all of the things that God has told us. He's they've rejected the truth, and instead of loving one another and looking out for one another and caring for one another and becoming the body that Christ intended us to be, we are now rejecting that and only thinking of ourselves. But we are to rid ourselves of the old self because it's been corrupted. Because even from the time of Genesis, we see God's intention for us was not to be given over to our own instincts and to our own passions and to our own desires. But God's intention with us was to live in, uh, in communion and contact with him. That we weren't supposed to be just another animal. We were supposed to live in communion with God. Our lives were supposed to be aligned with him. We're, our priorities were supposed to be aligned with his priorities. And we have been given dominion over the entire earth, but we act like we have to be one of the animals once again. So us as a church, our responsibility is to be that shining city on the hill, that example of what the world is supposed to look like, what God actually intended. And if we're not doing that, if we're not speaking truth in here, if we're not speaking truth to one another, we're not going to be able to do that whenever we go outside these walls. We're supposed to be renewed, not in body, not in the physical. We're supposed to let our minds be renewed. We're supposed to put on a new self, which looks like God. We're supposed to be that example everywhere we go of the anointing that God has for this, this world, the spirit that God has for this world, the intention that God has for this world. And then there's a therefore. I know Jamie loves his therefores. Therefore, because of all these things, 
Because we're not supposed to walk like the world, because we're not supposed to be ignorant, because we're not callous, because we're not given over, because we have a new life and a new body and a new understanding, because of that, we're supposed to speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor. Because of that, our goal, our responsibility to one another is to speak truth and to be truth wherever we're at. And like Adam, we were given a purpose. From the beginning, God gave Adam and he said, you have dominion over the entire world. You have dominion over the planet. You have dominion over the birds and the animals and the, and the plants and the food and the grass. Everything you have dominion over. He put him to work in the garden saying, you have a responsibility to name the animals. You have a responsibility to bring order into the chaos. Just what God had done with all of creation. God now says, humanity, Adam, your job is now to bring order into this chaos. We've been given a purpose. And how many of you know we see that purpose then extended into Moses? And Moses now shows that, that purpose that God has. And it's a smaller, it's still small. It's not an entirety, it's not the full revelation, but it's a beginning. I'll read to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4. It says, Such is the confidence we have towards God through Christ. Not that we are adequate in ourselves, and so to consider anything as having come from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Not the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, engraved in letters on stones, came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness excel in glory. For indeed, what had glory in this case was no glory, because the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. See, the ministry that God started with Adam was to make the world in his image, in his design. The ministry that God gave to Moses was to take a place and a people and make them into the example of what God intended. It's an example of the body that God was trying to create. And then Jesus comes, the greater glory, and he shows us what is the true purpose. He shows us what it means to live in relationship with God, that we are now no longer supposed to follow around the presence of God in a tent in the wilderness, but we are supposed to have the presence of God within us everywhere we go, and that we are supposed to be the tent that changes the land around us. We're supposed to be that presence that moves around throughout the world, and God is able to move through us. We have purpose, and it's to make the world around us look like what God intended. We're supposed to continue the creative work of God. That was creative. What Adam was doing was he was naming things. He was bringing things about. Moses created a temple, set up a society, set up a whole group of people who are supposed to look like God. Jesus tells us we're supposed to take everything in dominion again. We're supposed to begin to set the world around us properly. We're supposed to create the kingdom here. 
It's not separate. It's not something far off. It's something here and now and exists right within this building and exists within each and every one of us. The last part of that, that which remains is in glory. And it takes us back to the testing. It takes us back to those things that are going to, when we build our lives on things, what are they, have they been tested? Is what we're building our lives around, has it been something that has gone through the fires, that has gone through trials and tribulations? Are we building ourselves on sand? Are we building our lives on the things that are going to remain? Are we building things again on something that's going to be washed away the first time there's some sort of resistance? And it's that testing that Sean talked about. So that is building blocks. What are we building up? How are we building? Are we being thoughtful about it? Or are we trying to do it just whatever we happen to find along the way? We have the story of the little pigs. We all know. Yes, it's not biblical, but it, we can work with it. Are we doing straw? Are we doing sticks? Do we take the time and the effort and the energy to put things together in an order that actually will stand the test of time? See, the beliefs that are popular today, the things, the fads that are going around, these social contagions, the beliefs that are rejecting even natural law, God's law, this presence in, present in nature, those things are going to be tested. And I believe we're starting to see the results of that testing. That you have other people who are fighting tooth and nail, trying to affirm themselves because they have doubts. People that have lived a life that have been given over to depravity. They continue to say, you know what, you have to affirm us. You have to celebrate us. You have to do what we want you to do because we have, you, you, you'd be a bigot and you're a terrible person if you're not. No, what we're telling you is we have the truth. And we love you enough to tell you what that truth is. Those things are true and righteous, what's pure and holy. Those are the things that are tested and forged through life. Those are the things that have been found true in our time and true within experience. That's the truth that's passed down from our elders, from the people that we've looked up to, from our parents and our grandparents, from people in the church who can pass those things along. We have the opportunity to act in love and humility to reach out to people when their lives are destroyed. Because when this testing comes, how many of you have seen it where somebody's life falls all apart because all the things that they thought they were building, all the, the life that they thought they were creating was set apart from God. And then when that, when that happens, where do they go? Are we the ones that the people around us turn to to be that rock, to be that solid foundation to somewhere that they know that they can anchor themselves to and ride out a storm so that they can begin to rebuild. We have to act in love and humility. Because if what, sometimes I think about what it could happen. Just the, the possibility that I could be that person out on the street. I could be that person doesn't have a family. I could be that person that's been left and cast aside. If it weren't for God, if it weren't for people around us who love us and care for us, it's not that it's something I've done on my own, but it's because God has loved me enough. My parents love me enough. The people around me care enough for me to not let me go astray. 
And we have that responsibility to bring the people around us back and all of creation back into a right relationship with God. We have a responsibility to our family, to our friends, to the church, to show them the truth and that, show them that that truth will set them free. And so I want to start back in Ephesians. I want to go a little further up. We started in verse 17. I want to start in verse 11 here. And it says, He gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So this is the continuation of the verse, or the beginning of the verse we started with. So we talk about the therefore. This is the beginning of it. That we, each and every one of us, have a role and responsibility within the body. Each and every one of us have a a part to play in bringing this about. Our goal within here, within the body itself, is so that we would all look like Christ. We would all attain the fullness of the measure of who God is. That we would share the knowledge and the understanding, and that we would come together in truth. That we would speak truth to one another, because until we can speak truth to one another, until we have that all shared here in the body, we can't take it outside. We're called to look like Jesus. We're called to be that anchor, the shelter in the storm, that when everything's going on to the people around, and especially the people in in our own body, that when things are going wrong and things are are trying, we're able to come and reach around each other and lift each other up and help each other and prepare each other. The purpose of all of this is to right our understanding, to begin to correct the falsehood that's been spoken again and again, the corruption that was introduced with Adam. And the goal is to speak love to each other and to speak love to the world. But we're speaking that love, in tr- we're, speaking that, we're speaking truth in that. And it's only through love. It's only through love that we're able to reach people and show them the way because it's not a judgmental one. It's not a judgmental truth. It's not something that we're going to beat somebody over the head with. It's saying, you know what, I could have been there or I have been there. I've done that. Here's a better way. And so I want to pray, and we got some questions. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, please share it. If you'd like to partner with us, you can do so at dwellingplacelithia.org forward slash donate. We'll see you next week, and may God bless you and your family.